Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in, Hawks fans. Your boy, Bryce Lewis, back at it again for another Believe in Hawks episode. As today, Hawks coming off an exciting victory over the Orlando Magic, winning on a game-winning shot by our guy, DeJounte Murray. A guy who's been mentioned a lot of trade talks, but came up clutch tonight for the Hawks to give him a win. Now on a two-game winning streak. So we're going to talk about that game, break that down. Then also we're going to talk about just the latest Hawks trade rumors. Feels like there's something new every day. Also, big trade happening in the association with the Pacers, landing a man that people on the Hawks have have wanted. Some people have wanted uh, this particular player, but... The Pacers ended up getting him, and we'll talk about that trade and break that down, and then we'll look ahead and see what's coming for the Hawks. So this is your Believe in Hawks podcast, your boy Bryce Lewis. Like I said, guys, before we get started, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Bryce underscore 2K. Also, don't forget, watch this on YouTube, subscribe, like the video, show your boys some love. I appreciate any feedback and all from all my peoples that take time out to listen to me. And then also through my audio listeners as well, don't forget to leave a rating and review, and then, uh, you know, like I said, leave a comment as well. So... You know, that's what we got going on today. So let's go ahead and jump right into it, guys. So the Magic and the Hawks meet for the third time this year. Tied Series 1-1 in the season series. I would like first to preface it with this. From these three games, and maybe I'm wrong on this. Y'all can tell me. It seems like these teams are evenly matched. It, it seems like the Mexico City game went right down to the wire. Great game, by the way or when they were in Orlando, went into overtime. This game literally almost went potentially, you know, the Hawks could have easily lost this game if they didn't make that shot at the end, but they did. And then also could have went into overtime as well. So these teams have just been equal throughout all of it, right? Tonight was just no – there's no difference with that. I mean, the Hawks – in the first game, if they had won in overtime, would have only left 105 points. Uh, I'm not overtime. If they had won in regulation before going to overtime, they only held Orlando to 105 points. Tonight, same thing. It's, it's Orlando didn't score a lot of points. They only scored 104 points tonight, which defensively is what you want to do on a nightly basis. And the Hawks were able to do that. But obviously, we, we if you see the Magic, they've lost some guys to some injuries. And so their offense isn't as good as it was at the beginning of the year. But the one thing they always can hang their hat on is their defense. And tonight they were able to be disruptive against the Hawks, creating a total of 23 turnovers against the Hawks. So they were able to turn the ball over, especially in that first half, get some early turnovers and get some points. But Hawks were able to fight back through it. And, you know, throughout this entire game, man, if you watched it, I mean, like I said, it was back and forth uh, game for the most part. You know, Jalen doing his thing, Paolo doing his thing, Trey doing his thing, uh, DeJounte doing his thing. You know, it was it was a game that it, there were there were points in the game where both teams were struggling to score the ball. There were there were points in the game where both teams, you know, seemed like they found a bit of rhythm. You know, Magic had a seven-point lead. Hawks came back, took the lead. 
it was a back and forth game. It was that type of game. So it makes sense that the ending of this game happened the way it happened with DeJounte Murray scoring the game winning bucket in the last shot of the game. No timeout called after uh, the three to tie it up by the Magic. They went ahead and pushed it. Now, one big topic of conversation after this game was was Trey Young looked off by DeJounte Murray, you know, or what? Obviously, everybody who watched the game, who's seen the video, if you haven't yet, look it up online. Trey Young was trying to help try to get a call a timeout. Quinn Snyder also won a timeout after they had sc- uh, scored that bucket to take uh, to tie the game. And the referee did not see them. So the play just kept going. DeJounte just took the ball and went. And so I can't remember the name exactly at this moment, but there was someone on Twitter from the ringer. I know that for a fact. It might have been Ryan Rosillo. I could be completely wrong about that. But um, he basically tweeted saying he that, that DeJounte didn't look at Trey and that basically he just ignored him, right? And obviously people remember the play from a couple of games ago where DeJounte looked off Trey, uh, waved off Trey, and took a shot, right? And then there was a rumor that came out talking about that they may not like each other. You know, whatever. Uh, obviously, if you've watched the Hawks the last two years, they have let DeJounte take that shot before, so I'm not surprised, and that shouldn't mean that he's waving off Trey. But in that particular moment, Trey Young was trying to get the timeout called or help get a timeout call. And Quinn was also trying to get a timeout call because he probably wanted to set up the last play. Usually there's always that big question when you have a, a, the last shot and the team just scored or the team, you know, just missed. And it's like a tie ball game. Do you call a timeout, set a play up, but then you allow the other team to set their defense up? Or do you go and push the ball and hope that you can get them out of alignment, you know, just scrambling. And then that maybe can present a good look for you on the other end. Hawks went ahead and chose to not, obviously did not see the time. The referees did not see the timeout. So the Hawks basically had to go. Luckily, DeJounte was aggressive and trying to score the ball because I would feel like as any player or or for some players, you may feel like until a a timeout is called, you may just be thinking, I'm going to push. I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to go and and try to score because we need to score because we don't have a lot of time. So you can't necessarily wait around for are we going to call a timeout? It's like, oh, if I get the ball in my hands and I don't hear a whistle, I got to go. And that's what DeJounte did, and that ended up being really, really good for the Hawks tonight, getting that game-winning shot. First game-winner of the year for the Hawks, so, you know, that's big. I mean, the Hawks had multiple game-winners last year, so getting a game-winner game win, game this year, I'm sure, uh, was big for them. Just, you know, because game-winners always make you feel good uh, about, you know, where you, like, just the game, whatever happened, how we got to this point. Uh, you know, the teammates embraced DeJounte after he made that shot and, you know, helped him now win two in a row, uh, beating the Magic and now lead the season series two to one as well. So, you know, that was a, that was a good good ending to that game. And, you know, overall, you know, it, it was something that the Hawks, I think, needed, you know, overall. So they got the win tonight. Quick stats, Trey had 18 and 12 tonight, didn't have his best shooting night, but, you know, did what he could. Jalen Johnson also didn't have a great shooting night. Three and nine from the field, only 10 points, but nine rebounds and three assists. He's someone who can obviously impact the game in different ways. He actually had the highest plus minus out of all the starters tonight. DeJounte Murray, the hero of the game, 26 tonight, had one of his better games tonight. You know, it was aggressive offensively. And you know, when DeJounte is attacking the rim and, and aggressive, you know, you can, you can see he has great finishing ability, and he showed it in this game, and it really helped him, especially in this moment, uh, in that moment, to, you know, make a play like that. 
you know, Shadiq Bay continues to struggle. One of seven, seven points tonight. Um, had the highest minus out of all the starters. I listen. I don't know what's going on with Bay. Maybe he'll get traded. Maybe he'll stay. But I, if he stays, he needs to come back to the bench. I, I, I just don't think he he can start for us. I, I've always said that like he seems like he's a better player off the bench than he is starting. And then Clint Capella, twenty seven points. I mean, why did I say 27 points? That's like, I'd, be, I'd be crazy if he did. Nah, 12 points tonight for Clint Capella, man, 27 minutes, man. So um, definitely, definitely did what he needed to do there tonight. Uh, honestly, did not have a good first half, though. DeJounte was not good. Not, why did I say DeJounte? I might have been tired. I'm just flubbing everybody's name. Clint did not have a good first half tonight. Struggled, especially rebounding the ball. Um, just was not a good game for him overall uh, from – rebounding and other perspectives so you obviously wish you could get more out of clint tonight and that's why kongu probably finished the game which i think was the right decision he had 15 and 9 tonight bogey playing through a heavy heart tonight i don't know if you have y'all heard guys heard golden state's assistant coach i'm not gonna butcher his name so i'm not gonna say it, but the golden state warriors assistant coach died after health complications tonight so sending parry prayers out to them and their family somebody that bogey was close to um he was debating if he played if he should have played tonight um, and so he was playing with a heavy heart and you could tell he was a little affected by it when he was playing. So, um, you know, wishing him the best and everything and everything under the sun. So, but he played through, man, I gave us 12 tonight. And then Garrison Matthews with six as the, as the squin went to an eight man rotation tonight against Orlando. So that, that pretty much was just hawk shot with 50% for the field, 32% from three, 91% from the free throw line, 21 assists. Rebounding battle was about equal, but Orlando had more offensive rebounds and six more blocks. And steals. <laughs> and so, well, eight more steals. So, yeah. So, overall, like I said, good, good, good uh, win that I think was needed. Uh, Hawks, you know, now sit in 10th place in the Eastern Conference. They, with the playoffs started today or end of season happened, they would be in the play-in tournament. So, I know people have kind of looked at the soft reset as, like, we're going to tank and everything, but I've also said the bottom of the Eastern conference is not that good. So the Hawks may not be out of it by default. And so they may still be a playing team, or you would think at this point, unless they can go on a big streak, a playing team or, uh, you know, to, you know, get into the postseason potentially. So, but overall, like I said, it was, it was, it was good to get a win like this. And I, I think it was good to send Atlanta fans home happy tonight. Uh, with a win like this because you know like I said there's been so much crap around the team there's been so much drama so many rumors you know these types of wins you just really appreciate you know and they you really really feel like you need you know so I mean the Hawks had a five game homestand went three and two in that homestand which like I said the Hawks have not been great at home so for them to win that game was big uh, they're eight and 11 at home now Next game against the Miami Heat, they're going to be on the road, a team that's obviously given them trouble at least the season series, 2-0. But the Hawks technically have been a better away team, even though they still have a losing record on the road, as they have been at home. So we'll have to see how that goes moving forward. Well, let's go ahead and get into those trade rumors now. Um, I didn't talk about this in my last pod with Glenn Willis. If you haven't checked that out, please check it out. Really good interview with him um, from the 29th ATL pod. Just really great insight. Really enjoyed talking to Glenn. Um, so 
it was it was basically a state of the hawks type episode so it's not really a dated episode it's just talking about the team right now so guys definitely check it out if you haven't seen it yet hey listen to that and show some love over there on that episode as well but going to the trade rumors so basically from the last time i talked about it we didn't necessarily know what the Hawks were asking for for DeJounte Murray. Um, you know, we, we knew that the Nets – actually, we didn't know that either when I last talked about it. So two new things. First, the Nets are apparently now potentially interested in DeJounte Murray. So that's somewhere that could be enticing for the Hawks, maybe depending on what you want from them. Um. And then also, apparently, the Hawks also want two first-round picks for Murray as well. Um, so that's that's the update there. Ian Beg, um, Ian Begley. If I'm saying it's wrong, that's my fault. Actually, had a story in NBA Insider about the potential trade notes with the Nets if the Hawks wanted to pursue a trade like that. Apparently, obviously, the Nets have fallen off. They are now currently behind the, the Hawks now as the new 11th seed or the 11th spot in the Eastern Conference. So they may be looking to blow some things up, looking to make some changes. The Hawks, obviously, looking to maybe have a soft reset, get off some cap, reset, get some picks back. Apparently, the Hawks and the Nets discussed or touched base, as they said in this article, early this season about a deal surrounding Spencer Dinwiddie, um, potentially swapping guards there. Um, Obviously, the Nets have four unprotected first-round picks, so that could also be enticing for the Hawks. Spencer Dinwiddie, maybe two first-rounders. You know, obviously, Dorian Finney-Smith and Royce O'Neal could be two guys who could help the team, too, if they wanted to include in that deal. You know, what would you think about a Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, and two firsts, you know, uh, pick. I mean, this is, like I said, this is a report from, or like, a little bit earlier this season, so we don't know if this is something the Nets are going to revisit now that they've their name has popped up in the DeJounte Murray sweepstakes, but it is something that we can keep an eye on. But that's something that, you know, would be interesting if the Hawks wanted to go down that avenue, adding Spencer Dinwiddie. It would be an interesting fit with Trey. Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, is a point guard who has pretty much been kind of all over the place as a 2-1. He is a combo guard, a guy who could get streaky, could score the ball, but at the same time also can go a little cold. Uh, He's a a scorer, but at the same time, I don't know how much he moves the needle for you defensively. So that would be the thing. That's why if you could get a guy like uh, Dorian Finney-Smith or Royce O'Neal, that would be where your defensive value comes from, where you're still getting that offensive value from Spencer. Now, whether you think DeJounte is a better offensive player than Spencer Dinwiddie, that's your choice. You know, you know, it just depends. You know, some people may think DeJounte is the better offensive player. Some people may think Spencer, whatever, right? I like Spencer Dinwiddie. I've always liked him as a player. Um, But, you know, I don't, for me, that doesn't move me, but I could see it. Plus, if you make a move like that, is that really a soft reset if you're just getting another starting I mean, you're getting a starting quality guard, which obviously you would want for DeJounte in a trade. But then on top of that, you're getting some good, valuable pieces that realistically could just gear you up to make a run, realistically. Because, 
And obviously, we got to see what other trade dominoes that would fall. But you add Dorian or you add Royce O'Neal, you're getting a 3 and D guy with a still a scoring two guard. And that will also help just roster construction. Now, obviously, we don't know the entire base of the trade. A player could be going back to the Nets as well. But it's something to keep an eye on. I think Brooklyn is probably a very interesting team in the sweepstakes uh, for DeJounte Murray. So something we need to keep an eye on, something that, you know, we'll, we'll hear more of. I'm sure more rumors will come from that. You know, so that's just another team who's involved. You know, obviously we know the Lakers, they've been widely involved. They've been, they, they said the Hawks have re-engaged with the Lakers. Um, talked to some trades about that. Still trying to figure out what that might look like. Heat have been brought up as well as a potential team that might want to go after DeJounte Murray. The Knicks, people may be trying to see Quentin Grimes potentially comes to the Hawks for DeJounte Murray. Um, you know, every team has like a player that you maybe really would want in that trade for the Lakers. You've heard Austin Reeves or D'Angelo Russell uh, potentially in that move for the Hawks. The big thing is if you're talking about the heat in the Hawks first is in division. Don't really know how you feel about making a trade like that. But second, who realistically are the heat willing to give up for the Jante? Because I'm sure Hawks would like, give me Bam, give me Tyler. We're not just going to take, I mean, even Hami, Hami, uh, this is a guy that people would really want if they could potentially get them as well. So those are just some teams and some connections that have been made in that potential trade or potential trade rumors. And then obviously the Spurs as well. Uh, also are, there was reports of potentially maybe in a re, uh, DeJounte reuniting with Popovich in San Antonio. I feel like that's the least likely of them. Obviously, people have started to create, to create rumors about Trey wanting to play with Wimbley, Wimby. And, you know, I definitely don't think that that's going to happen anytime soon. So I think that we, we, we are going to be in good shape. And it's just good to have suitors that have people. Like I said, the Hawks want two first round picks, they have competition. Uh, for DeJounte in terms of people who want him. They have bidders. So in a way, you have ammo to maybe get a team to cough up that extra pick. Because if everybody's offering a first-round pick, well, if you want DeJounte, and if you're Landry Fields, you can talk to those teams. If you want DeJounte, why should we take your deal? Unless you're giving me another good player or something like that, or you're giving me like, oh, you know, you're really giving me players that I want, how can you stand out from those other teams? And then maybe that's how you can get that second first. You know, everybody has different first, unprotected first, top 10 lottery, top five lottery projected picks. You know, those are the picks that you're probably going to hear a lot associated with the Hawks when talking about a potential trade for DeJounte. So that's something that we could definitely look into. And obviously they also talked about them trying to pair Clint Capella in a potential DeJounte Murray trade. Obviously I've said that it's time for Yeka Kongu to become the starting center. Um, and just see how that Jalen Okongwu front court works as the season goes on. So I definitely think that's something that could also be in the works because that probably also could be what could be holding the trade up with a particular team is who's willing to take Clint unless another team is willing to make it a three or a four team trade and potentially take Clint Capella. So that way 
the, the one team that mainly wants DeJounte doesn't have to take on Clinkabelle. So that's definitely something that overall I think is going to be interesting to keep an eye on as the DeJounte Murray trade sweepstakes continue and we'll see how that goes. Like I said, he's been playing. He's actually been playing some really good basketball these last few games since a lot of these trade requests came out. So he's definitely still playing hard. He loves the game of basketball. If you know DeJounte, he's not going to play on his team. He's not going to do any of that. He's still going to play the game. Now, some people have talked about him potentially when Trey comes off the floor, he's playing a little bit more aggressive. Like, I'm trying to show people what I could do. But, you know, listen, the other day, it really don't matter because if he's playing well and then potentially gets the Hawks wins, it really don't matter. So yeah, all it does is help the Hawks if that happens. So I just wanted to give some quick thoughts and update on the trade rumors with DeJounte. But now let's talk about the big trade that happened in the NBA. Pascal Siakam is now a pacer. Yes, sir. A guy that people have connected to the Hawks since the summer. Now is on in, on Indiana. And listen, good for them. They've done – Pacers have obviously been a team that a lot of people have been questioning. Are they for real? Are they serious? Are they – you know, as good as I advertise. Are they just a fun team that scores a lot of points? Well, adding Pascal Siakam, you're adding a legitimate two-way player. Uh, there's a reason why Hawks fans, or some Hawks fans, wanted Pascal Siakam. But the issue with Pascal with trades is that he had he basically had a no-trade clause without actually having a written no-trade clause. He basically, since he was a free agent this summer, can tell teams, I'm not going to resign. And then, like I said, as a team are you going to give up assets for a half-year rental? And is Pascal Siakam really going to move the needle for you? From all indications from Adrian Ward, Janowski, and everybody, is that he plans right now to re-sign with the Pacers uh, as the summer happens. He's excited to go to Indiana. He wants to play with Tyrese Halliburton. And that this is the location he wanted to go. And apparently, if he was traded to another team, he would leave that team to go to Indiana this offseason, you know. Um, obviously, that's always a hard trade to make for any team when you don't have a player who's non-committal. You know, the Raptors did that a couple of year, few years ago with Kawhi Leonard, non-committal to staying in Toronto, but they got a championship out of it. So it ended up working out even though he left. Again, I don't know. I don't, I'm sure people would think Kawhi at that time and Pascal Siakam right now, Kawhi is a better player than Pascal. So you probably wouldn't sit there and think, oh, yeah, that's the same move. But the Pacers now have a guy who now you could add as a legit two-way, you know, and that's one of the biggest things the Pacers needed to improve was the defensive side of the ball. They could score points with the best of them. Hawks fans, we've just seen them twice in the last week and a half. We know how good offensively this team is. This team could score points. But one thing that they're getting with Pascal is a guy who can guard your other, the other team's best offensive player and potentially lock them up. And that just adds to what Indiana can be this season. A team that went to the finals of the in-season tournament against the Lakers came up short, but kind of that's when people started opening their eyes and saying, wait, are the Pacers legit this year? Are the Pacers legitimate? You know, you're, you're thinking of the Eastern Conference, you're thinking Bucks, you're thinking, you're thinking um, Sixers, and you're thinking Boston. There's three best teams in the East. Now Pacers are in that conversation potentially, especially with this trade. And all they had to give up was a bunch of picks in Bruce Brown, which Bruce Brown, he was the part of the champ, Denver champ, uh, Denver Nuggets, the champions from last year. And he's a good player. But you've upgraded now. You're still getting a two-way guy who has more of an impact on the game. And so it'll be interesting to see how Pascal is integrated within the Pacers uh, system, 
how Rick Carlisle decides to use him, and see where that goes overall. But on Toronto's end, I want to say that I think Toronto's actually done a great job. They got they got picks back, especially in this trade. They got picks back, three first round picks to be exact, and also there was a third team in the deal, New Orleans sending. Uh, Kyra Lewis to the Raptors also. So play Raptors get another player. But now I said I apologize if I butchered the name again. I, you know, seem like I'm struggling on the pod. So I apologize for that, guys. But um we talk about the Raptors for a minute, man. They've done a pretty good job getting some assets back in these trades with the Knicks and then with the Pacers. You get Bruce Brown, really good two-way guy. You got uh RJ Barrett. Good player. Manuel quickly. Good player. You know, now you get Lewis. Good player. Get three first-round picks back. You know, you've accumulated some good assets. You still have Scotty Barnes. You still have Dennis Schrute. You know, you have some guys who can play. Listen, I don't – I mean, we, 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 we don't think much of Toronto this year, but Toronto has done a good job of kind of reloading the team during this rebuild. I, they have some good players on that team still. And I think it's going to be interesting because I wonder if that's a model that maybe Atlanta will try to follow is like, you know, when you're making these resets, you obviously want to get picks back, you know, to have ammunition for future trades or potentially, you know, if you get a lottery pick, a potential really good player at the lottery, but at the same time, you're getting good players back who can help your team contribute. And, you know, we, we may look at Bruce Brown and think, okay, they got Bruce Brown. Great. Bruce Brown could be important if Toronto becomes competitive again. He could be a big part of them being competitive again when they build the team they want to build there. So definitely something to keep an eye on for sure with with Toronto. Um, I think they they think a lot. They've actually done a good job. I think some people are going to think they've been fleeced, but I think they've done a good job. You've gotten three players back that are part of your rotation. We'll see if Lewis is. And then you got picks. I mean, you, you know, you, like, you know this season's not going to be a – we're making a run type of season. I mean, obviously we never know if they, you know, could make a run. Um, you never want to count anybody out, so to say, but could make a run potentially. I mean, you're 12th right now in the Eastern conference. You're only a game and a half out of the 10th spot. So you play in is still very possible um, for you. So, you know, it's going to potentially happen for them and hopefully other things work out. So, We'll have to see, man. We'll have to see. So that was the big NBA trade that happened. We'll have more that obviously happened as the trade deadline gets closer to. But I think that's about all I got for you guys today. Like I said, DeJounte Murray, the hero, beating the Orlando Magic on a game winner to send Atlanta fans home happy as the Hawks win, get on a two-game winning streak. They play the Miami Heat this Friday as they try to have their first three-game winning streak since the beginning of the season. They haven't had a three-game winning streak or more than three games, one in a streak since the four-game winning streak at the start of the season after starting 0-2. So Hawks are looking to do something they haven't done only once this season for the second time. If they can some come and go into Miami and beat the Miami Heat on their own floor. So we're going to have to keep an eye on that. And obviously, I'll, I'll make sure I'll stay on top of that and give you guys the latest. It's actually my birthday coming up this Friday. So I probably will not have a podcast this weekend because of it at best you might get a youtube short 
because I'll have some friends in town, so we're going to enjoy my birthday weekend and everything like that. So we'll see, but, you know, it's all good, though. But like I said, guys, Cleveland Hawks podcast, man. I appreciate y'all. It's your boy, Bryce Lewis. See you next time. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.